very good Sunday morning to you on this chilly, chilly weekend morning. I'll tell you, that snow yesterday took a lot out of a lot of people. And as Wyatt was just telling you, if you happen to be out on the roads early this morning, take it slowly because it may not look like it's slippery, but it really is. So you better you get there a little bit late than rush and end up on the side of the road as a lot of people have already. Well, it is Sunday, January 29th of 2023. That means we're celebrating two things. Isaac, it's National Puzzle Day and National Corn Chip Day. So get those nachos ready as you're watching some of those playoff games tonight. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, well, let's take a look at history for this day on January 29th in 1802. John Beckley became the first librarian of Congress, also on this day in 1848. Greenwich Mean Time was adopted. Um, in 1886, the very first successful petrol-driven motor car built by Carl Benz was patented. I think you know him for another Benz kind of car. 1924, R. Taylor patented the ice cream cone rolling machine. God bless him. Uh, in 1936, the very first members of Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame were named in Cooperstown. Also, in 1963, the first members to the NFL's Hall of Fame were named in Canton, Ohio. Uh, in, eight, in 1985, the Dow Jones Industrial Average peaked. All right, I'm going to... I'm gonna, Put you on the limb again here, Isaac. You want to take a guess? 1985. What do you think the Dow was? Oh, you know I'm so good at these. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, Fifteen something. Fifteen thousand or fifteen hundred? Fifteen thousand. Okay, way, 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 way off. In 1985, the Dow peaked at 1,292. Unbelievable. In 1987, Physicians Weekly announced that smile on the face of the Mona Lisa was caused by facial paralysis resulting from a swollen nerve behind the ear. So really, she didn't have much to smile about, did she? 1995, the San Francisco 49ers became the first team in the NFL to win five Super Bowl titles. In 1997, America Online, AOL, agreed to give refunds to frustrated customers under threat of lawsuit because they were unable to log in after AOL offered a flat $19.95 a month rate. Can you believe it was less than 20 or about 26 years ago that people were still paying almost $20 a month just to access the internet, and their email. In 1999, Paris prosecutors announced the end of the investigation into the accident that killed Princess Diana. And also in 1999, the Senate delivered subpoenas for Monica Lewinsky and two presidential advisors. We know what that was all about, don't we? Let's take a look at birthdays. If you have a birthday today on January 29th, the, the list of celebrities born, unbelievable. 25th uh, President of the United States, William McKinley, was born on this day. Anton Chekhov was born on this day. W.C. Fields, the original Charlie from Charlie's Angels. John Forsyth was born on this day. And also from the incredible funk brothers of Motown, James Jamerson was born. All 
those so unidentifiable songs in Motown. The Funk Brothers were behind it. 13 members, only one survives today. Playwright Ch Patty Chayefsky was born in 1923 on this day. Feminist author Jermaine Greer, she was born. Tom Selleck, the original Magnum on Magnum P.I. Also Olympic swimmer Greg Laganos was born on January 29th. And from the Ramones, Tommy Erdely. Hey! Redundant. Uh, actor director Ed Burns celebrating a birthday as his actress Heather Graham. And a lot of people love her. <laughs> Oprah, 69 today. That's enough of that <laughs> Sunday morning. Uh, from TV's Roseanne, Sarah Gilbert, she's celebrating a birthday. Adam Lambert, who didn't win American Idol, but probably should have. He was, he was born on this day. And also from the Gap Band, Charlie Wilson was born on January 29th. Busy, busy show on this Sunday morning. It is going to get chilly today. Snow's just about over. We might see some flurries, especially closer to the lake, but uh, those temperatures are going to be dropping. Those wind chills below zero. So bundle up. Good day to sit by the fire and uh, curl up and read a book or maybe watch some football later on today. Uh, well, Valentine's Day is around the corner. We have a unique way for you to greet those you care about. Also, today kicks off Catholic Schools Week, and we're going to take a look at what those schools mean to southeastern Wisconsin. Mark Cass is going to be here. He's got some local layoffs he's going to tell us about. Matt Miller has a Fox Point connection to the Oscars. Also, you probably know by now that Bob Euchre celebrated his 89th birthday this past week. Well, a lot of people he worked with have things to say about him, and we'll hear about that. And yesterday was a, a very tragic anniversary. We're going to look back at what happened 37 years ago. We have the Week in Review. Isaac's here pushing those buttons. Wyatt's in the newsroom. And in just two minutes, it's Greg Matzik in sports. It's all ahead right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, where it is 17 degrees at 814 at WTMJ. Championship weekend in the NFL begins with the NFC Championship game today with the Eagles taking on the 49ers from Philadelphia. 49ers have won 11 straight games. The Eagles post the best rushing offense in the NFL. Later today, it's the Chiefs and Bengals from Kansas City. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes will play despite suffering a high ankle sprain during last week's win over the Jaguars. Following a Friday night win in Indiana, the Bucks are back home tonight to take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Chris Middleton has played 15 minutes off the bench in three straight games, scoring 17 in Friday's win. Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer. Him and Brooke in the pick and roll game, you know, I think that's something that's um, important to us and, you know, gets Brooke, you know, the ball underneath the basket for an easy basket, hits his pull-up shot, you know, off a pick and roll with Giannis, you know, played a little bit of one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you know, he just did a little bit of everything, so... Um, it's great to see Chris, you know, kind of making those steps of uh, progress. Coverage of tonight's game gets underway at 6 o'clock on WTMJ. 
College basketball's 16th-ranked Marquette picks up an 89-69 win over DePaul. Sophomore David Joplin sinks eight three-pointers and scoring a career-high 28. To Joplin, three is good, another assist. your boy. We're at 10 assists, and Joplin gets the career-high. There it is. Call courtesy of 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee, Steve the Homer True and Tony Smith. Golden Eagles improved to 17-5 overall, 9-2 in Big East play. Wisconsin Badgers have dropped 5 of 6. The latest setback, a 61-51 loss to Illinois Saturday afternoon at the Kohl Center. UW currently projected as a bubble team for the upcoming NCAA tournament. And the Milwaukee Panthers erased a 23-point deficit to earn a 75-74 win over Northern Kentucky in the Horizon League. UW-Milwaukee in first place in the conference. Greg Matzik, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Greg. Great to hear you on a Sunday morning. I'm Libby Collins. Well, that snow seems to be pretty much over. We might see some close to the lake uh, this morning, but those temperatures are going to drop. We're going to give you that forecast, and also Mark Cass is coming up. It is 818, and we have 17 degrees at WTMJ. Most of the big snowfall is over, but we still have a chance around the area. It'll be mostly cloudy today. We're going to get up to about 23 degrees, but that wind chill is going to make it feel like anywhere from 0 to 15 degrees. Then tonight, cloudy down to 6. It's going to feel like it's 5 below. Tomorrow looks part sunny, uh, very cold, though. High only of 10 degrees. Wind chill around 5 to 10 below. Tuesday warms up just a bit to 15 under mostly sunny skies. Then Wednesday, we get up to 26, and it'll be mostly sunny. Currently, Oconomowoc, you're getting a little bit of snow. It's 11 degrees there. Mequon's at 14. Racine has 19. It's 17 degrees at WTMJ at 821. And it's time to check in with Mark Cass. He's the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Mark, a lot of people were surprised on Friday when Briggs announced some layoffs. What does that mean? Yeah, this was a surprise, but just because of the company and its role and its history in Milwaukee, obviously a long time the firm had a big impact here, laying off 160 of their workers, actually moving a couple of their lines right to the south down to Alabama. So kind of a surprise here. There's really a lot happening right now, Libby, with the economy and the companies are trying to adjust and make moves to make sure they stay on the right side of this in terms of money and obviously making money. So this is something I think you're going to see more of, unfortunately, over the next couple of months. I don't know if they'll be at this level as such, but you know we've seen layoffs in the technology industry, a lot of them there, but we haven't seen a lot of layoffs like this. So this is a surprise and uh, will have a large impact on the Milwaukee area. I think another surprise this week was Pottawatomie announcing it's going to replace the Northern Lights Theater and the Sports Bar and Grill with a permanent sports book. Now, why is this such a big, big move for the casino? You know, it's all about one word and it's probably not a surprise to you to hear it and it's called money. You know, sports betting is a huge thing. Nationally, it's coming to a lot of states. It's coming to Wisconsin now. It's currently available at a couple other casinos in Wisconsin. Now will be available here. Big deal for the casino because this is an expansion to a new area of revenue. I think it'll be a very lucrative area for them. So I've heard all week a lot of people who are sad about the Northern Lights Theater closing and the entertainment that was there. I mean, where else can you see Rick Springfield three or four nights in a row, right? Yeah. So I think they'll find other ways to really make that happen or other outlets. But really for them, this was about money. This is about offering another service that really has the potential to be very lucrative for them long term. Well, I would think because sports betting can be there every day and they could only get Correct. certain acts, certain nights of the week. You can only get it's Rick Springfield, you know, you know for six or seven days a year, right? I mean, how many times can you see? Rick Springfield. I know you like him, 
I know you're there all the time, but well, that's because I'm Jesse's girl. But uh, moving right along <laughs> right. here, that was a great reference. Well done, Libby. Well done. <laughs> moving right along, another interesting change in strategy is the city of Milwaukee saying, "You know what? We're going to do Northridge Mall." We're going to buy in, then we can knock you down. Is this going to work? You know, this is one that I thought would happen sooner but hasn't, and the city now is taking the extraordinary step of asking the court to order them to be the owners of the property, something that has been wanted for a long time. They've been waiting on this firm from China to either act or to knock it down. hasn't happened. They've been in court for years, and it just continues to have issues up there, whether it's security, whether it's fires. So there's a lot of people in the city who really want that ripped down. So this is a move which could happen in March to actually hand it over to them, have them rip it down. They'd have to raise the money because this is not cheap to rip it down. But then it would open up the redevelopment of the site. You know, a lot of people have talked whether it would be office or it'd be small retail, industrial, housing. I think it would be a mix of that. But as I've said for months, I remember that area. I grew up in that area. It used to be very active. Now it's not. You need more energy. You need more activity. You need some sort of economic impact there, and it's hopefully going to come sometime this year. Talking about economic impact, this was a surprise, I think, to a lot of people, where Wahlburgers and Flannery's yeah. announced their plans to close. Do you think this is the start of a trend for downtown Milwaukee, where they're going to be losing some of these restaurants? You know, what's nice here is that in each case, they're going to be replaced by other restaurants. In the case of Flannery's, they're going to put in a new bar there. And in the case of the Wahlburgers, it's going to be a new restaurant. But I heard just a little bit of caution here as we head into what some people are saying is going to be a recession in 23, a little harder time right now with the inflation, with the things that are going on. I think you may see a few more restaurants close. I think we've always had a great scene in Milwaukee with restaurants. We've had a lot of great restaurants. But as things have gotten a little off over the past couple of months, I think you're seeing a little harder times. They all had a rough 2020 and 2021. So it's a tough industry. You see turnover, but at least in the case of these two, you're seeing things replace them, which is great news for the city. Well, speaking of hard times, imagine buying a multi-million dollar condo in downtown Milwaukee yeah. and having that price slashed by a half million dollars. Now, what's the story behind that one? This was the most expensive unit on the market. They just have had to sell it. Right now, as you and I have talked about this once, the housing market has slowed. Remember those days, and it wasn't that long ago, six to nine months ago, when you had a 18 to 20 offers on every house that was for sale. You were waiting in line. You were setting up muffins. Remember that? Just to get <laughs> in the door. Nowadays, it's a little harder with interest rates, 6% now for a mortgage. So even at the luxury end, you're seeing moves, you're seeing a little slowness in the market, you're seeing things not move. I mean, I can tell you that in the past years, that kind of word probably moved within a couple of weeks. Now it's sitting there. It's just, it's a housing market that's changed. We'll see how 23 kind of plays out with interest rates. You know, the thought is that maybe another interest rate rise or two, not a lot. So hopefully it'll stick. But still, there's a lot of individuals out there who are used to the 3% number as compared to the 6 to 7, right? Which is, for those of us who are old enough, and I'm not going to say I'm old. I know I'm older than you, Libby, but I remember the days of the 8 and the 9%. You know, 6% is good, but there's a lot of individuals out there who've never had something higher than 3. So this is going to be really interesting to watch. Oh, it certainly is. And just a plug to the Milwaukee Business Journal. I love it when you put those high-end homes in the Business Journal and we can kind of dream about all of those well, homes as we dream? go through those pictures. Our, <laughs> I've seen yours on our site. You're one of our big luxury open houses, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. All right, finally, <laughs> let's talk about high-speed bus service and what that means. Yeah. Now, they're talking about, what, a route from Milwaukee yep. to Tosa. And do you think right. that they'll do that in other parts of the area? Yeah, this is one that's really fun to watch. You've kind of seen the construction happen over the past couple of years on Wisconsin Avenue where they've added the stops. You know, it's actually going to start sometime this year, kind of in the June-ish range. And then I think there's a lot of talk about let's look at going north-south. 
Let's look at going from Oak Creek up to Milwaukee because you have a lot of individuals who live in Milwaukee who want to work in Oak Creek, who want to work in Franklin, you know, where there's open jobs. So I think you're going to see this expand. I often talk about alternate forms of transportation. Everyone loves their car, which is great. Obviously, I love mine. But I also think you need other things. So the hop has been a nice addition. Now a high-speed bus here with rapid transit. I think there's another alternative going from the city, right in the heart of the city, out to Wauwatosa, out to the medical college, out to Children's Hospital, out to Freighter. I think you're going to see this thing expand. I think, again, it's just another amenity to help us draw in people and help us with more economic impact. You are on top of it, and I know we'll hear these stories from you first. Mark Cass, (laughs) Editor-in-Chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. It's always great to have you here. Always good to be here, Libby. You have a great week. It's 827, and we have 17 degrees. Those temperatures are going to get up to about 23, but it's still some areas you're getting a little bit of snow. But wherever you are, be very, very careful if you're driving because there are some slippery roads out there. Um, I'm Libby Collins. Hey, coming up next hour, we're going to be uh, taking a look at Catholic schools around southeastern Wisconsin and the history they have. That's all ahead on today's Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Welcome back. I'm Libby Collins on the Sunday Morning Edition of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Valentine's Day is just a couple weeks off, and we've got some thoughts for you if you want to send a really unique Valentine that's coming up in the next hour. Right now, though, at 8.35, it was a very difficult week of gun violence. The state of the state and a price explosion, and much more. It's the Week in Review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. In California, a deadly shooting at a Lunar New Year celebration in Monterey Park that's near Los Angeles. When it comes to a hero in this whole thing, Brandon Say is the one who everybody is pointing to and saying thank you for stopping the, the shooting. I had the thought that I would need to kill someone today. I would need to kill a human. It was a violent and deadly weekend involving teenagers in Milwaukee. I always want to scream, you know, go for the goal. Yay, Milwaukee. We we have so many things to cheer about. And there seems to be a disconnect with those great things and the violence. Here comes Chris. Middleton's going to fire up a three from the right side, and he has found his shooting touch for the first time since coming back. Chris Seals and arguing about this housing development had this to say. If you can't afford those units, then you live in Wauwatosa or West Dallas until you can afford to move into Brookfield. Till then, you're not coming to my neighborhood, you West Dallas wannabe, you Stalas whatever. This ticks me off. It's despicable. Classified documents now have been found in former Vice President Mike Pence's home. Did you take any classified documents with you from the White House? Uh... I I did not. I don't know about that one, Chief. My advice to Vice President Gore is to check out the records room. What the hell's the records room? With Serge now with the team, I'm just curious how you guys try to fill in like that big man role. We'll find out. Are you threatening me? A not guilty plea for the alleged dating app predator in Milwaukee County Court. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers set to give his fifth State of the State speech tonight. I introduce to you the governor of the great state of Wisconsin, the Honorable Tony Evers. We're investing more than $270 million to ensure every student has access to mental health services. Let's take this seriously and let's start today. Senate Majority Leader, Republican of Oostburg, Devin Lemahue. In the case of medical marijuana, I think our caucus is getting closer to being able to accomplish
accomplish that in, in Wisconsin. It's going to be fun, man. Got a ton of joints rolled. Trouble brewing in the South Milwaukee School District. A teacher placed on administrative leave following what the district's calling an incident between a teacher and a student. With prices extraordinarily high. Why not just raise chickens yourself? Yeah, people think that if they're going to get chickens, they're going to be super inexpensive and eggs will be free, and that's not really the whole story. More questions and answers in the death of a man in hoarder conditions after a fire in Milwaukee. It tears me up to know that how long he laid there before anybody found him. Happy birthday, Bob Uecker! Yeah. We're in Arizona, all of a sudden we get pulled over. I get a $100 ticket for speeding, right? And you said, I'll pay for your ticket. Don't worry. I'm still waiting. Uh, the Waffle House monstrosity. Texas toast, bacon cheesesteak onions topped with two full waffles. It's extra, baby. It's extra. But you're going to pay the cost to beat about. I love books. I like books more than people. Your brain is officially a twice-baked potato. And the Week in Review is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Well, there's no doubt we got snow yesterday. How much did your area get? Wyatt's going to join me in just a couple minutes, and we'll look at some of those snow totals. It's all ahead right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Most of the big snow's over, but we still have a chance of some snow. There's some flurries going on around the area right now. It's going to be on the cloudy side, a high of 23, but that wind chill's going to feel like it's about 0 to 15 degrees. And tonight, cloudy down to 6, feels like it's 5 below. Tomorrow looks partly sunny um, with a high of 10. Wind chill, again, 5 to 10 below 0. And then Tuesday, will warm up a little bit under mostly sunny skies, high of 15 right now. Richfield, you're getting some flurries. It's 12 degrees there. Port Washington's at 15. Brookfield has 13. We are staying uh, steady in Milwaukee at 16 degrees. And we have Wyatt Pooley in the WTMJ newsroom. And Wyatt, let's take a look at some of those uh, snow totals throughout the area yesterday because some of the areas got a lot more snow than others. Yes, the National Weather Service is actually accepting any reports of snow right now. So if you're uh, just getting up, want to have something to do this morning, go uh, take a ruler or a yardstick and measure how much snow you got. We had reports of just uh, 3.8 in uh, Whitefish Bay, but up to 9 inches around Waukesha. And in downtown Milwaukee, it looks like there was 5.8 inches reported. Down in the Bayview, 7.1. So it's anywhere between... Five and seven inches around Milwaukee and a lot of the lakeshore areas. Right. Well, I mean, I from what I can see, these totals are all over the place. In in uh, Mount Pleasant, they get something like ten and a half inches, and even Pewaukee, some people are saying they got about nine inches there. What about where you were? How much snow did you get? Uh, when I left this morning, very early to come into the station, uh, it had been the sidewalk around my apartment had been plowed. It looked I didn't I did not measure. I needed to get in the car, but I it looked like at least six inches. It looked we got a decent amount of snow. The roads were all pretty much still covered. I saw uh, some of the hundred plows going on. Uh, the streets trying to clear and salt them. It's an ongoing process. Process even downtown Milwaukee was not. Uh, not dug out yet with uh, the main streets. 
Yeah, well, we've been pretty lucky so far this winter, so this is it. It, it. You know what? If Here on the last weekend of January, if this is the most snow we get, I think most people will be happy, especially if it warms up by the end of February. But again, let's remind everybody, because you've been reporting on a lot of traffic situations around the area, slow down because it's a lot slipperier out there than it looks. Yeah, we've definitely got wind, uh, slippery stretches being uh, reported by the, the DOT on highways around Milwaukee. Uh, it looks like it's in, the conditions are improving, but we are still seeing some accidents. Okay, take it easy if you're out on the roads. It's 844, and we're just a minute away from Greg Matzik and sports. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Two games on the NFL schedule today. It's the NFC Championship game from Philadelphia between the Eagles and 49ers. 49ers have won 11 straight games. Star running back Christian McCaffrey set out the bulk of the week in practice, but will give it a go today in Philadelphia. Is there any chance in your mind that you won't play on Sunday? Zero. Later today, it's the Chiefs and Bengals from Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes will start despite spraining his ankle last week against the Jaguars. Sunday night basketball for the Milwaukee Bucks at home against the New Orleans Pelicans. Milwaukee picks up a 141-131 win over the Pacers on Friday night. Bucks guard Javon Carter picking up the slack and some scoring punch, minus Bobby Portis, who's out with an ankle and knee injury. Felt like Javon was kind of on the, the back end of some great, you know, penetrating pass, you know, some unselfish plays. Um, and he's just, you know, he's in a good rhythm from the three-point line. He's really stepping up and making shots, and um, you know, it's been good for us. Bucks head coach Mike Budden Coverage of tonight's game begins at 6 o'clock on WTMJ. Big afternoon of college basketball on Saturday with Marquette picking up an 89-69 win over DePaul. 16th-ranked Golden Eagles paced by sophomore David Joplin, who scores 28. Golden Eagles approved to 17-5. Wisconsin Badgers are on a skid. They've dropped 5 of 6. They fall 61-51 to Illinois Saturday afternoon in Madison. And the Milwaukee Panthers erase a 23-point deficit to earn a 75-74 win over Northern Kentucky in the Horizon League. UW-Milwaukee in first place in the conference. Greg Matzik, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Greg. We're up to 16 degrees. It's going to be chilly today, 23 for a high, but it's going to feel like it's about ooh, zero. It's it's a cold one out there, so it's only going to feel colder than that as the day goes on. Well, coming up, we've got Matt Miller. He's got a connection to the Oscars and Fox Point. That's all I had right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Whoa, what is that? Well, it's time to check in on our WTMJ hotline with film critic and pop culture editor, at onmilwaukee.com. It's Matt Miller. And Matt, that music, I haven't heard it before, but wow, I really like it. Yeah, that's the score to Babylon, uh, which was a divisive movie, to say the very least, when it came out around Christmas. Uh, But everyone agrees that the score of the movie is pretty terrific, and it was one of the movie's few nominations last week. Uh, I believe it got score... Uh, I want to say production design and a few other technical awards, but obviously it was swinging for bigger fences than that. But I, I think the score is probably a front runner right now to potentially win in come March. Well, and there's a local connection to that. There is. So that is the score comes courtesy of Justin Hurwitz, uh, 
who has already won an Oscar. He uh, co-wrote, he, he wrote the music for La La Land. He tends to work with Damien Chazelle. They were roommates back in college, apparently. And uh, so he's been working with him for across his film career. So he did the score for La La Land. He did the score for First Man, the Neil Armstrong movie. And now he's nominated again for the score for Babylon. And yeah, he, he lived in Fox Point. His family moved here. He went to Nicolet High School and... Uh, but yeah, that's the that's the closest Wisconsin's getting to the Oscars this year. <laughs> he still lives. He still lives here in Fox Point. He does not still live. He lives oh, okay. out in Los Angeles. Now. Oh, okay. I was going to say. I was wondering if he's composing that right here along the lakefront because that's pre- <laughs> some pretty dy- dynamic music. But you mentioned, and I haven't seen the film, but a couple of actors that I really like are in it. Why you said it was a little bit contentious when it was first released? What what was the deal with Babylon? Why did people kind of balk at it? It's a it's a very hard R movie. Uh, it is. It, I think people were expecting kind of you know another kind of saccharine note to old school Hollywood, and it's really not that. It's a movie about debauchery and the the kind of legend, debaucherous legends of Hollywood. And uh, I mean, it is a movie that opens with a with an elephant doing its business right on the camera, right on the audience. Uh, that happens in the first five minutes or so. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then it moves on to a gigantic uh, party that is uh, not a lot of people wearing clothing at it. Um, so it is it is a it is a wild movie. I really like it. I think it, it's trying to get at a lot of kind of the love of making art and making movies, but constantly in a battle with the business of making movies and the kind of ugly ugly things that can happen behind scenes. I, I think it's a really fascinating movie. I think it's one that 10 years from now, we're going to be like, why did this not get nominated for more awards? Why didn't people like this more? Um, but, you know, I, I think that's oftentimes better for a movie to have a reputation of, oh, the Oscars didn't appreciate it. It was too good for the Oscars, as opposed to movies that win Best Picture and then have to hold that reputation up and be the best movie of that year and have that title you mentioned that it it uh talks about some of the legends of hollywood are we talking about uh, something set back in the 20s or what what's the time period of this movie yeah it's the 1920s it's uh kind of fatty arbuckle and kind of kind of takes place during the era of the the evolution into sound pictures and into talkies um and it it is kind of a modern day take on singing in the rain but a little bit more uh a lot obviously a lot more r-rated and a a lot more kind of canted a lot more uh side-eyeing towards you know the way hollywood treats people and the way the, the the business the machinery of hollywood treats its uh treats its performers if you if you saw nope this year from jordan peele it's kind of along a similar thematic idea of you know the the machine of hollywood that just consumes everyone who gets into it and doesn't really care what happens to him and what are the who are the actors in this one uh, so it is Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie uh, are your two kind of leads. You have Diego Calva, who is a really, really good performance in the movie as well. Um, and it's, it, it, you got a great score. And uh, again, it's a three-hour-long movie. It didn't make a lot of money at the box office. For uh, It's hard to convince people to see a very hard R-rated three-hour movie about the 1920s Hollywood scene. Even James Cameron might have a problem turning that into a blockbuster. But I, I do think, like, 
I, already there's kind of a movement of people who are like, this movie was unappreciated. And I, 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 th- there's the joke. There's the Criterion Collection movies, the movies that get special DVD releases. And I think if, if Damien Chazelle's going to get one released on Criter- Criterion, it'll probably be Babylon. I think it's, it's, it's got a lot to say about movies. Well, it's got Brad Pitt. That's all I needed to hear. All right, let's talk about some of those Oscar nominations. Were you surprised when they came out earlier this week, Matt? There were a few surprises. I, I think I don't think anyone ever expected everything everywhere all at once to be the front runner to win Best Picture, but that's where it is right now with eleven nominations. That's the most of any movie. Uh, you don't expect a movie with hot dog fingers to be a Best Picture nominee, much less a front runner. But that's where it's at right now. Um, and then there were some pleasant surprises in the acting nominations. I loved seeing Paul Mescal for for After Sun. Uh, the the kind of first four nominations for Best Actor were pretty much locked in. And whenever you have a kind of question mark fifth space, you tend to expect the Oscars to nominate the most obvious, the most lazy, the most Oscar-baity thing possible. But instead, they went with a small, critically acclaimed, really modest performance that's really powerful. So I really liked seeing that as well. I think that was a, that was a nice surprise. Well, you mentioned the, what is it, Everywhere, Everyone, All at Once. Everything, I, I, Everywhere, All at Once. <laughs> that one, yeah. Now, what is that about, that it would have gotten eight Oscar nominations? Yeah, so that's about a, a mother who runs a laundry shop who ends up getting sucked into a multiverse battle for the universe. And I know that sounds like a superhero movie, and I know that sounds like something we're all tired of at this point. But it's really, really beautifully done. It's really invigoratingly done. It is half action movie, half family drama, half raunchy comedy. It is, it is everything, everywhere, all at once. It is everything you could imagine seeing in a movie happening all at once. And it is overwhelming, and it's a lot, but it really hits its marks. And I, people love that movie. And I, I think it, it could hold on to front-runner status. It's just a question of, you know, can Top Gun Maverick maybe sneak in there? Is All Quiet on the Western Front going to sneak in there? That's a more traditional Oscar movie. Will maybe a more traditional Oscar pick get into that top spot as opposed to something as crazy as Everything Everywhere All at Once? You mentioned All Quiet on the Western Front. Now, that's a German movie. Does it have subtitles? It does. That's on Netflix right now. That was a Netflix release, which one of the interesting things was, you know, Netflix had a new movie from the director of Birdman, and they had Glass Onion, the sequel to Knives Out. Uh, and instead, it is the German All Quiet on the Western Front movie that they kind of quietly put onto their streaming service that gets all the Oscar love with, I believe, nine nominations on the day. Uh, so it's it kind of surprising how that turns out for the streaming service, but it is a more traditional Oscar-beloved movie. They do love their war movies. They do love their technical spectacles. Um, so that, that one's in play for a potential Best Picture win. Were you surprised with any of the Best Actor, Best Actress nominations? I think everyone was surprised the Andrea Riseborough into Leslie campaign actually worked a few weeks ago. A bunch of celebrities started tweeting about her and to Leslie and talking about how it's this little movie with a big heart. And the thing is, no one has heard of this movie. I think maybe 12 people had seen to Leslie before the Oscar nominations came out. And lo and behold, apparently uh, it was enough to get an Oscar nomination. So 
I, I think we were all surprised by that. Apparently the Oscars are even looking into it to see if maybe there was some uncouth campaigning going on there. Uh, but I just really think it's a lot of actors who really liked a performance and wanted to support it, knowing it's in a tiny movie. And, and again, I would much rather a tiny movie with a good performance and it gets appreciated than, you know, some Oscar bait or some predictable thing that, kind of, you know, you can tell that the Oscars didn't really care and just kind of threw a nomination in, like an Olivia Colman in Empire of Light, which is a fine performance, but it's not a very good movie. So let's nominate someone else. Let's nominate a new face who maybe hasn't had their moment in the sun yet. You mentioned Top Gun. A lot of people were hoping Tom Cruise would get a nomination for Best Actor, but he didn't. He got it. Uh, Is this his first nomination as what, a producer? That's quite possible that it's his first nomination as producer. Obviously, he missed out on actor. I I think it's amazing that Top Gun, I mean, it's made it this far that, you know, it is not only an Oscar Oscar nominee, but it is a, I believe, six, five or six nominations. And, uh, you know, people do love that movie. And I I think it's maybe a dark horse to win Best Picture because it is the kind of movie that people want to win Best Picture, that people want to see win prizes and, and, and get an achievement. But at the same time, it also was the highest grossing movie of the year. So, in the in the words of Mad Men, you know that that's what the money's for. They've already won their awards on some respect, uh, but the fact that the director missed out on best director getting nominated there tells me that maybe the love for it maybe isn't quite that strong. Because if they loved it that much, it's such a technical achievement. You think they'd have to nominate the director, uh, but they didn't. Yeah, good point. Matt Miller, thanks for joining us today. And, of course, you can always check out everything Matt has to say. Just follow him at onmilwaukee.com. I'm Libby Collins. It's 9 o'clock. When we get back, we're celebrating her birthday this week. Uh, Who was it? Well, it's all ahead right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. And I'm Libby Collins. Welcome back to Hour 2 of the Sunday Morning Edition of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. A little bit later on this hour, we're going to have a preview of our conversation with State Senator then Wangard. And I've done a lot of interviews in my years, and I don't think I have ever had someone uh, be as open as Senator Wangard was, and we'll share some of that preview with you a little bit later on this hour. Well, Thursday was a big day for Bob Uecker. He celebrated his 89th birthday, and his former broadcast partners paid homage to Mr. Baseball in the story produced by WTMJ's Eric Bilstead. Hello again, everyone. Bob Uecker along with Jeff Levering and Ken Sommerfeld, set to bring you game one action. There's something about listening to Bob that just makes you feel good. He bleeds Brewers baseball. Once again, here's Joe Block. Well, thanks, you, Ken. I had the unique experience of being able to learn under both an established Major League player and a Hall of Fame broadcaster. And this is Bob Uecker along with Corey Provis. Sharing a booth with him is truly one of the better jobs, not just in sports, but I think that one could possibly have. Once again, here's Jim Powell. Undoubtedly, the greatest honor of my career is that I can say I was Bob Uecker's longest tenured partner. 13 years in the Brewers radio booth alongside the great Bob Uecker. This is Len Casper. The brilliance of Bob Uecker can can never really be overstated. This is Pat Hughes. A 
great man is someone who never reminds you of anyone else. And that certainly applies to you, Kirk. Long run! He's got it! With a diving catch! And Nieves has made history! The great baseball broadcaster mechanically. He's got the great home run call. Field the best right of, of any of the signature home get run up, calls. Get up! Get up! Get, get out of here! Go! I mean, just perfect, and it came from such an organic place. It's a great home run call. I love hearing his story when he took over uh, full-time, calling the games in 78, and how that season began with, the, with an opening day grand slam from Sixto Lascano. I think Bob's got a great call of that. Robin Yount's 3,000th hit, that's a great call. 3,000 for Robin. I was there for, for Trevor Hoffman's 600 save. Well, a bouncer. Round ball to short. Council throws, and there it is, 600 saves. 600. There it is. Big moments. I, I wouldn't just look at the field. I would just kind of move my chair back and turn to my right. Trevor Hoffman has just And just watch Bob call a brilliant baseball moment. That magical number. And then to be able to blend in the stories and the humor in between pitches. You don't mess around with Tony Danza either. I've known Tony a long time. Former boxer, not much of a puncher, pretty good dancer. Here's a ball down low and it's two and one. Who else can weave in a story about Andre the Giant choking him or how Johnny Carson didn't believe he was a baseball player or how his TV son burned a steak in the oven and then somehow relate it to Domingo Santana. Gone for Santana! Talking about how his old catcher's equipment was so bad and how he used to get beat up all the time. When another catcher comes up to you and takes a full swing at you, then you know he's not your pal. Being at the park and broadcasting Brewers games is simply one of the most enjoyable aspects of his life. It's being retrieved by Prince Fielder. It's uh, something from the upper reaches of Miller Park. Nothing really major. It's maybe a four or five hundred pound piece. <laughs> his favorite hobby, unfortunately, was trying to find a way to make me laugh uncontrollably, preferably when I'm drinking a soda. These are the kinds of days I used to lay out and cover my body with honey and let the ants run all over me. Outside of all, it was stimulating. <laughs> this is Ben Scully. Probably the most difficult time I have ever spent on television was one day we were in Milwaukee I was asking Bob if he would come on our show, and I'm interviewing him, and he is becoming Bob Euchre, the entertainer, with the straight face. For that 10-minute period, I agonized trying not to let the show fall apart with me hysterical. It was really a test. Kent, are you there? Joe, go up and check. He could have passed out. He's extemporaneously funnier than anyone at the ballpark and one of the most pronounced comedic wits of our time. As you can't keep asking guys to go out there and throw shutouts and, you know, one or two run games all the time. Hello? <laughs> yes, you're on. <laughs> Swing and a miss. You want to make the game fun, and nobody makes a baseball game more fun than Bob Euchre. He broadcasts with a smile on his face. Spins, throws, and they got him! Sounds great. I listen all the time when I'm driving around here in Chicago. He's so good. He's so funny. And he's such a, a genuine person. And uh, I, I would not be here without him. There's no doubt about that. Holy cow. Do you believe it? Every time I broadcast a baseball game, 
Bob Euchre is a part of it. He did a lot for me. I can't tell you how much respect I have for Bob Euchre. Bob Euchre is so special to Brewers baseball because he really is Brewers baseball. There's only been one season in the entire history of the Brewers that he hasn't been calling games for them. All Bob has to do is stay healthy, God bless him, and uh, continue to do what he's doing. And uh, I hope he goes 68 years. Oh, baby. And you know what makes Bob Euchre so special? He doesn't he doesn't act like he's special. I mean he's he's just has that incredible natural talent and something like that you can't learn. You either have it or you don't. It's nine fourteen, coming up with somebody whoop with great talent too. We've got Greg Matzik in sports. It's all ahead right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Championship weekend of the NFL begins with the NFC Championship game today with the Eagles taking on the 49ers from Philadelphia. 49ers have won 11 straight games. The Eagles boast the best rushing offense in the NFL. Later today, it's the Chiefs and Bengals from Kansas City. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes will play despite suffering a high ankle sprain during last week's win over the Jaguars. Following a Friday night win in Indiana, the Bucks are back home tonight to take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Chris Middleton has played 15 minutes off the bench in three straight games, scoring 17 in Friday's win. Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer. Him and Brooke in the pick and roll game, you know, I think that's something that's um, important to us and, you know, gets Brooke, you know, the ball underneath the basket for an easy basket, hits his pull-up shot, you know, off a pick and roll with Giannis, you know, played a little bit of one-on-one. Um, you know, he just did a little bit of everything, so... Um, it's great to see Chris, you know, kind of making those steps of uh, progress. Coverage of tonight's game gets underway at 6 o'clock on WTMJ. College basketball 16th-ranked Marquette picks up an 89-69 win over DePaul. Sophomore David Joplin sinks eight three-pointers in scoring a career-high 28. To Joplin, three is good, another assist. your boy. We're at 10 assists, and Joplin gets the career-high. There it is. Call courtesy of 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee, Steve the Homer True and Tony Smith. Golden Eagles improved to 17-5 and overall, 9-2 and in Big East play. Wisconsin Badgers have dropped 5 of 6. The latest setback, a 61-51 loss to Illinois Saturday afternoon at the Kohl Center. UW currently projected as a bubble team for the upcoming NCAA tournament. And the Milwaukee Panthers erased a 23-point deficit to earn a 75-74 win over Northern Kentucky in the Horizon League. UW-Milwaukee in first place in the conference. Greg Matzik, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Greg. Well, it's a chilly one today, and it's only going to get colder. Right now, our temperature's at 16 degrees, but uh, it's going to feel like it's about zero all day. So bundle up if you're going out, and if you're driving around, slow it down. Uh, Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we've got a special way for you to celebrate Valentine's Day. We'll tell you all about it right here on WTMJ. There's still a couple of places around getting some flurries. Madison, Richfield, you both got them. Uh, but that's going to go away. Snow, for the most part, is gone, although it's deeper in some places than others. Our high today is going to be about 23 degrees. That wind chill is going to be as chilly as zero, maybe as much as 15 degrees. And tonight, cloudy, down to six. Getting really cold then. Wind chill down to five below. Tomorrow, very, very cold. It'll be sunny, but we're only going to get up to about 10 degrees. It's going to feel like it's 10 to 15. I'm sorry, 5 to 10 below zero with that wind chill. Then on Tuesday, more sunshine, very cold, 15 for a high. Wednesday warms up to 26 under 
some sunny skies right now. Uh, Richfield, you're at 13 degrees. Sheboygan has 14. Elkhart Lake has 11. Milwaukee's at 16 at 923. Well, if you have a loved one, you might be challenged at how to greet them for Valentine's Day, but we have a solution for you. Joining us is Jennifer Diliberti Shea from the Milwaukee County Zoo. And Jen, once again, it's time for those virtual Valentines from the animals at the zoo. And tell us about some of the animals who are going to be sending out special greetings this year for Valentine's Day. Sure. I'm just chuckling because as I look at this list of the animals, they're all like super cute. And like you say, these will be personalized messages that people can purchase as a virtual Valentine. And some of the animals that they are able to choose from are the elephants, giraffe, penguin, red panda, sloth, hyena, camel, boa constrictor. So we have a pretty complete list this year that you can, for your loved one, choose one of maybe their favorite animals or the cutest animal and then send this to them virtually. Yeah, wait a second, Jen. You mentioned a boa constrictor. Now, when I think of love, I don't think of snakes. (laughs) What is it that that boa constrictor is going to send to your valentine? Right. Well, we like to say that the boa constrictor can be sent to your main squeeze. So oh, we have a little ouch. in there, but <laughs> right? <laughs> and the thing is, you know, we have a lot of people that love snakes here. So that's why you made sure to put this one on the list this year. And I was talking to one of the keepers that is um, kind of in charge of this. And she said right now it's kind of neck and neck with the giraffe and the red panda as far as how many Valentines have been ordered. So we'll see who wins this year. But like I say, it's just a unique way. If you're looking for a Valentine's gift for somebody and you don't know what to do, we just get such positive feedback from people people that actually do sign up for this. The deadline date to purchase these is February 7th. So people are going to kind of want to get their orders in as soon as they can. All right. Well, we're going to get to how you can order, but I got to ask you about some of the animals because you said right now it's sort of, excuse the pun, neck and neck with the giraffe and (laughs) the red panda. What does the giraffe do for your loved one? Well, the thing is with the giraffes, we can get pretty close up to them. So the keeper can probably go on the elevated deck that we have for the giraffes and probably feed them. They could also interact with them in the indoor area, maybe give them some food, some enrichment item. And you really get a sense of how magnificent and majestic these animals animals are. And it is really neat because it's like a personal greeting card for that person. They would maybe do something behind the scenes with the red panda in their holding areas. And again, you get kind of a close up look at the animals, which is something that you don't always get to do when you visit the zoo. Now, how do you get an animal like a possum to get up close and personal for Valentine? Well, the opossum is actually one of our animals that does the Wild Connections tours, which this is kind of similar to that. So it's a handleable animal. So the keeper can actually handle that animal. And we only do this with animals that are willing to do this and enjoy the interaction. I kind of want to make that clear. So we have Pendleton, the opossum, and he will, you know, do different things on his little log on a table. He might eat. We might be able to look in his ears. We might be able to listen to his heartbeat, things like that. So again, when you're working with sort of an educational animal, there is a component that the keeper may be able to actually touch or interact with that particular animal. I can't see him getting up close with a lion, and that's one of the animals on the list, but I love lions. 
Yeah, the lions are really cool, and I was actually able to get a chance to do this with them. They do some things called target training, and you're outside with them, not in their enclosure, but through a mesh, and you get them to target onto a stick, which means they put their nose onto the stick, and then you give them a piece of food, and that all trains them for medical procedures that they don't have to anesthetize them. So, you know, we could do something like that with the virtual Valentines, and again, you get to see kind of these behind-the-scenes procedures and they are sometimes part of our Wild Connections tours as well, so people want to keep that in mind too. Well, I know our friend Rose Gray from the Fox World Travel Show has been in Antarctica this past week, and she's been up close and personal with penguins, but you've got an opportunity for our listeners to send that virtual valentine with a penguin. Yes, we do, and we, again, there we have one of the penguins, and this is a humble penguin, so they're found in Chile, so they're the warm weather penguins, but we have Houdini, who, again, is an educational animal, and he actually gets some time outside of his exhibit on occasion, where the keepers for some enrichment and for some different environmental kinds of things to look at, they'll take him over to the North American River Otter exhibit and just put him down on the ground there and he likes to watch the river otters. So, I mean, really neat kind of things that people don't always know go on kind of behind the scenes. So Houdini might have the chance to give your loved one a special message in a different environment. He might be outside seeing some of the other exhibits. Now, these are 30 to 45 second videos that the zookeepers are making with the animals to send to your favorite Valentine. Now, there's a special pricing if you order this before January 31st. Right. So if you order, and you can do this all online at our website, milwaukeezoo.org, the early bird pricing is until January 31st. And each of Valentine would be $25. And then after that, from February 1st to the 7th, they're $30 per Valentine. And you can have the ability to send this anonymously, and that's an extra $5 charge. And you'll complete a form with different details that you want included in the message that the zookeeper would be sending with the animal to your loved one. Now, is there a limit on how many of these Valentines you can put together for people before Valentine's Day? Well, no, I mean, our staff is working very hard. We have a couple zookeepers that take this upon themselves to do it, and I think they have about 80 people signed up, so they're working on those Valentines now. Again, people are encouraged to get their Valentines in and ordered as soon as they can, and they will all be delivered to your loved one or maybe a coworker, a friend. But again, it's just a really unique sort of Valentine's gift that you can do this year, and all the proceeds benefit the zoo, so that's a wonderful cause. What's the last day we can order these? The last day to order is February 7th. So again, people can go online and they can see, you know, we have the list of animals. We make it really easy for everybody to sign up for what they want, tailor their message, really an easy experience. And again, I think it's really kind of fun. I may order a couple for some people, but I don't want to let out that secret. So really cool. Uh, I have somebody in mind who I'd like to tell him how I love the way he makes me laugh, and that would be the hyena so i will have to get online and order my valentine (laughs) very soon once again let's give that website jen if anybody wants to order these special valentines it's milwaukeezoo.org i love it jen delaverde shay always great to hear from you and happy early valentine's day to you oh thank you so much we appreciate it let the penguins tell your love how much they mean to you all right it's 929 on wtmj 
And welcome back to the final half hour of the Sunday morning edition of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News at 16 degrees at 937 on WTMJ. There are more than 100 Catholic schools throughout the southeastern Wisconsin area, from Fond du Lac all the way to Kenosha. And starting today, they're celebrating Catholic Schools Week 2023. Joining us is Bruce Barrick. He's the Associate Superintendent for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee Catholic Schools. And Bruce, good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. What makes Catholic schools such a great choice for so many families? I think fundamentally what sets us apart and makes us unique as Catholic schools is the opportunity to gather together to celebrate the Catholic Mass and to participate in the Eucharist for our students that are old enough to do that. It's something that makes us unique as schools, but it also unites us as a larger Catholic community and brings home that sense that we are part of something greater. In addition to that, you know, our Catholic schools are really centered around the presence of Jesus Christ and all that he brings to us and teaches us about treating one another, loving one another, having respect for all and dignity. And on top of that, I think we do an outstanding job academically with each and every student that walks into our doors. Catholic schools throughout the area have a long tradition. Absolutely, absolutely. We've had Catholic schools in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee for 179 years. The first Catholic school opened one year before our area was recognized as a diocese. I mean, that's an amazing uh, history, and I know that I'm not going to ask you to tell all the stories, because clearly there would be so many of them, but how are some of the schools in the area going to be celebrating Catholic Schools Week? Sure, that's a great question, and thank you for the opportunity to share what we're doing. Some of our schools will gather together as part of that opportunity to celebrate the Catholic Mass, and in some instances, Archbishop Lestecki will be the presider. For example, I know he's going to be at Catholic Memorial High School and at Dominican High School this week, and then our students in the surrounding grade schools come to the high schools as well, so we celebrate all together. Other ways that you'll see in your local parish school will be, all of our schools will be doing some kind of outreach into the community. In some cases, just to spread the good news about what we're doing in Catholic schools, and in other cases, to engage in community service opportunities. Sometimes that's at the local level within the parish, serving maybe the senior community within a parish or going out helping at food pantries, other areas that serve families that are struggling. And in many cases, there will also be opportunities to express thanks to not only the immediate parishioners that support our schools, but really to everyone in the community that supports Catholic schools, because we would not be successful without the prayers and the financial support of everyone in our communities. Well, I know in a lot of the urban areas, we're seeing a lot of non-Catholics making the choice for a Catholic education. Do you see that trend continuing? Yes, I do, because I think what I experienced as an elementary school principal before I became an associate superintendent was families coming to us that weren't Catholic but wanted a faith-based experience, a faith-based school for their child, and one who shares common values. We have some very strong, held, important beliefs as Catholics, but there's a lot of commonalities across religions, and I think families like what we do in Catholic schools. Not only are we Catholic in name, but we're also Catholic in culture, and that culture preaches everyone is welcome, 
everyone is valued in our schools. And I know academically, Catholic schools have really shown that kids get a great education. Yes, they have. We're very proud of our academic scores. And what we are most proud of in the recent time is that during the COVID challenge of the last couple years, our schools did everything possible to stay open and to deliver in-person instruction. And test scores have borne out that our students suffered less of a learning loss than other students across the board. And we attribute that to the dedication of our teachers and the communities and that struggle and that willingness to find a way to stay open. Bruce, I know that there are going to be, as you said, many celebrations at the various schools throughout the Archdiocese this week. But if listeners want to learn more, not just about what's going on in their local Catholic school, but also about Catholic schools in general, is there a website where they can check things out? Yes, there is. There are two ways that you can go. You can go to the Archdiocesan Catholic Schools webpage, which is archmill.org backslash schools, and you can search to find a Catholic school that's in your area. There will also be links there to find various activities going on in Catholic schools this week. We also published in last week's edition of the Catholic Herald. A number of our grade schools are having open houses during that time, which is a wonderful time to come and see the school and learn about it, but also just People can pick up the phone, and they are welcome to call the Catholic School's office. They can call me directly. My number is 414-758-2252, and we can help them find a school in their area that they would be interested in. Oh, Bruce, well, thank you for the great work you're doing as a product of 12 years of Catholic education. I thank you so much for everything Catholic Schools did for me personally. Bruce Farrick, Associate Superintendent of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee Catholic Schools, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. It was a pleasure to speak with you. It's 9.43. Coming up, we look back at a tragic anniversary. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. 9.45. We're going to get to Greg and Sports in just a couple minutes. But yesterday marked 37 years since a shuttle Challenger exploded upon takeoff. For many of us, it's a moment we'll never forget. And for former shuttle commander Hoot Gibson, he thinks about it every day. WTMJ's Eric Bilstead has his story. Pieces of ice tumble off as the coldest space shuttle launch ever gets underway. Challenger seems to shake herself free of the ice and goes. All five rocket engines burning well. January 28th, 1986. What's happened? Vic, did something strange happen then? Something is gone amiss. Something is wrong. It's an image that's seared in our memory. Where is the shuttle, Vic? Can you see it? There is Obviously a major, a major problem. malfunction. Something has gone seriously this be wrong. A major tragedy. For former astronaut Hoot Gibson, he lives with that memory every day. I knew all of the people that were aboard Challenger. Our whole world, as you can imagine, got turned upside down. Gibson had flown the Challenger on previous missions, and he and his crew had just returned to Earth aboard the space shuttle Columbia. I had just landed on my second mission ten days before. And we were in the midst of debriefing, which takes, oh golly, three weeks to completely debrief a mission. And somebody stuck their head in the door and said, hey, uh, Challenger is uh, inside of two minutes and counting. You want to take a break and watch the launch, and then we'll come back and resume the debrief? And we said, sure, let's do it. So we went into another conference room, and that's where we were when we saw it happen. I got a major tragedy. The shuttle has exploded. 
the Challenger has exploded. Gibson says they never finished debriefing the Columbia mission. The next day I got a phone call saying, hey, head for Cape Canaveral, you're going to be part of the investigation. And as I say, our whole world was turned upside down with the loss of the crew of Challenger. Unfortunately, this time of year also brings back memories of the shuttle Columbia tragedy. That shuttle disintegrating upon re-entry on February 1st, 2003. For Gibson... It comes to be a time that you remember your friends. You remember your friends who lived great lives and were great people. And all we can do now is cherish their memory. And a faulty O-ring seal was to blame for the Challenger explosion. A damaged tile on the Columbia allowed hot gases to enter the spacecraft upon re-entry. A very tragic day in our history. Indeed. It's 948. Um, I think you mentioned, Isaac, to me off the air that uh, your fifth grade teacher was in the running to be on the Challenger? Yes, she she was. She uh, did a lot of work with space science stuff that was kind of her area of expertise and yeah she was she was in the running for that position on the challenger but didn't end up getting it (laughs) how fortunate for her all right it is 9 48 we have 16 degrees we're going to get up to about 23 and then that temperature is going to drop as we get into the overnight hours coming up in just a minute it's greg matzik in sports right here on wtmj Two games on the NFL schedule today. It's the NFC Championship game from Philadelphia between the Eagles and 49ers. 49ers have won 11 straight games. Star running back Christian McCaffrey set out the bulk of the week in practice, but will give it a go today in Philadelphia. Is there any chance in your mind that you won't play on Sunday? Zero. Later today, it's the Chiefs and Bengals from Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes will start despite spraining his ankle last week against the Jaguars. Sunday night basketball for the Milwaukee Bucks at home against the New Orleans Pelicans. Milwaukee picks up a 141-131 win over the Pacers on Friday night. Bucks guard Javon Carter picking up the slack and some scoring punch, minus Bobby Portis, who's out with an ankle and knee injury. Felt like Javon was kind of on the, the back end of some great, you know, penetrating pass, you know, some unselfish plays. Um, and he's just, you know, he's in a good rhythm from the three-point line. He's really stepping up and making shots, and um, you know, it's been good for us. Bucks head coach Mike Budenholz. Coverage of tonight's game begins at 6 o'clock on WTMJ. Big afternoon of college basketball on Saturday with Marquette picking up an 89-69 win over DePaul. 16th-ranked Golden Eagles paced by sophomore David Joplin, who scores 28. Golden Eagles improved to 17-5. Wisconsin Badgers are on a skid. They've dropped 5 of 6. They fall 61-51 to Illinois Saturday afternoon in Madison. And the Milwaukee Panthers erase a 23-point deficit to earn a 75-74 win over Northern Kentucky in the Horizon League. UW-Milwaukee in first place in the conference. Greg Matzik, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Greg. It's great to hear from you on a Sunday morning. It's going to be a fun day to watch football, unfortunately, without the Packers. All right, it is 9.51. Coming up in just a couple minutes, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with State Senator Van Wangard. And um, he surprised me with his response to one of the questions I asked him. We've got that preview. It's all ahead right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. 
It's a chilly morning, and it's going to get even chillier as we get into the overnight hours. Our high today is going to be around 23 degrees, but it's going to feel like it's anywhere from 0 to 15 degrees. And mostly cloudy tonight, down to 6. That wind chill dropping to about 5 below. Tomorrow, even colder, becoming sunny. Uh, a high of 10 degrees, but it's going to feel like it's 5 to 10 below 0. Then on Tuesday, we'll warm back up to about 15 under sunny skies. Wednesday, back up to 26. Uh, temperatures all in the teens throughout the area. In Oconomowoc, 13 degrees. Cedarburg has 17. Oak Creek's at 17. And we have 17 degrees at WTMJ at 955. Wisconsin State Senator Van Wangard is known for being at the forefront of legislation in Madison. But before getting into politics, he was a police officer in Racine. We talked about an emotional experience that impacts him even today. I can flash back on my first child death, and that was a crib death syndrome with a baby that was less than a year old. I had a baby at home that was only a couple years old, so you kind of associate that with that, and this mother couldn't have done anything. I mean, that was crib death syndrome. They didn't know that much about it back in the early 70s. And I remember responding to that call for service and spending, I was working third shift. I spent about an hour and a half there, and I'm getting called on the radio to come get back on the road. I'm saying, I'm 10-6, I'm busy, you know. Finally, they sent the sergeant over. Why was it taking me so long? Well, the parents had a real challenge. So did I. Apologize, I'm choking up here a little bit because it still hits me here. But those kinds of things, you never get rid of them. They're still there, and you build off of those things. And you can hear the entire WTMJ conversation with State Senator Van Wangard this morning at 11. And I think... um, You'll be surprised at how candid he is about so many things, so you don't want to miss this one. All right, we're coming up to 9.56, and uh, here we are a whole month into 2023, and we're hearing a lot about the housing market, but let's turn to our experts, Brian and David Wickard from the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show, and find out how you see the housing market a month into this new year. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Libby, and we would say that the housing market is um, moving along. You know, we have lots of people that uh, want to be pre-approved. We have transactions coming together despite the sub-zero crummy weather. There are people out there. And David, what would you? How would you describe it? You're 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 con- you're in contact with more home buyers yeah. every week than I am. Um, home buyers are eager, thirsty. You might say. Uh, because they're they're ready uh, to to buy, but as so interest rates really aren't I'm going to say the problem anymore for first time home buyers. The problem remains listings, um, uh-huh. just not not enough for sale signs in yards. Uh, but uh, that isn't deterring home buyers. They're getting out there still, and we've got some stories both of first time home buyers and Dad. You've got some some move up buyer stories too, and yep. kind of how that all comes together. We'll get to that right after uh, you hand it back off to the fine news people. Who do we have doing the news today? We've got Wyatt Barmore-Pooley. 
And Brian and David Wickard will be back right after why. And I'm Libby Collins. I'll be back with you at 11 o'clock today with conversations right here on WTMJ.